What is up, everyone? Welcome back to MBS Fitness Radio, where we share stories of health and fitness success and valuable information to help you, our listeners, have success on your health and fitness journey. Today, I have Angie Forey on the podcast, and we talk all things motivation. We talk about what motivated us to first start uh, exercising, how that's morphed over the years, kind of changing that more motivation into more of a, a foundational why. And we just kind of share some insights into some of the uh, some of the methods that we use to address motivation and help keep us moving forward. I think you're going to love the podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. All right, welcome back to the NBS Fitness Radio podcast. I am here with Angie Forey, and our subject for today is motivation. This was one of the um, uh, highly requested topics that people want to hear us talk about. Uh, and notably so, because it's kind of a foundational topic. Uh, so we're going to kind of dive down into this a little bit, uh, sharing a little bit of kind of our own story and then also um, some, some advice for others as well. So my first question is, do you remember, and if so, what motivated you to first start exercising? Do you remember? Let's see. Do I remember when I was mo? If I was motivated, or what motivated me for starting exercise? Um, well, the first time I started any type of exercise was softball, and I just wanted to be on the team. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just wanted to be a part of the group. And what, is, what was that? Just well, it, that's all it was. Was just playing softball. It was, okay, yeah, right. yeah. Just actually, you know, I was, I was ten, so yeah, you're just. Getting out there, practicing and playing, yeah, doing, you know, no idea what you're, what you're really supposed to be doing, but it was so a part of. Was it more of the game of softball, or was it just like being around other people? I think it was being around other people. I didn't really understand the game. I think it was something to do. Just something to do. Yeah, yeah, that looks fun. Yeah. What about when you first started doing like Non-sports exercise, I was probably motivated by um, wanting to lose some weight after having kids and just, you know, get back into being physically fit. And that's, like, even away from running because I always, like, you know, had a foundation in running. Um, So this was, like, actually in the gym. Gotcha. So you were kind of like, do you remember the day? Does anything stick out? Nothing really sticks out other than, all I knew to do was go in and get, it was an ATC fitness, and it was just go get on the elliptical. And that I didn't know how to lift a weight. <laughs> just like, go yeah. in and get on the elliptical. And it was yeah. early in the morning. I'm laughing because you're like, I was running. Yeah. Uh, motivated to do something different. <laughs> so I got on the elliptical. <laughs> but it was in the gym. <laughs> so I, I got closer. I got closer to the weights. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I yeah. mean, like, you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> so, I know. It's just funny. It sounds funny, but. But it's so true. I mean, like, I was the quintessential, you know, mom wanting to lose weight, and you run, and then you go to the gym, and you don't know what to do, so you run, or you get on the elliptical. I mean, that's it was very customary. That's what we did. So, and that's a pretty common, um, I said it's a pretty common motivation, uh, is I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually physique-based. Like, what was... Maybe I go so there's some of the emotions that you were feeling that kind of was like made you go like ah okay, I gotta do something about this because like you know the, this we know that people the action is is usually motivated by either pain you know trying to escape pain or, or pursue pleasure so like what was the emotion the negative emotion that was associated with all that and made you go I gotta do something yeah I think it was there's definitely an, a negative emotion and and I think for me it was probably just you know, I've always been a smaller person, and now I'm, like, a couple of years, you know, after I'd had my son, and I've, like, I've gotten rid of most of the weight, but my body didn't feel like it you used to, you know. And so I just remember looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror and not recognizing my body anymore. And I'm like, okay, we can do something about this. Yeah. Or, like, what is going on with my butt? I used to have a butt. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> what is happening? 
So it's definitely physique, you know, oriented. You're like, oh gosh, I know when I used to look like this, and now I don't. I have to do something. And so that's probably what is the motivating factor for most people. Yeah. I first started exercise. Well, and so I first started exercising, like purposely training, not just sports, in the summer of sixth grade, summer before seventh grade, somewhere in there. Uh, turning 14 and um, and what motivated me was such a similar situation I was or physique based I was uh, tall and skinny and I remember constantly being told how tall and skinny I was yeah like, um, just like every day someone coming like how tall you are how skinny yeah. you are <laughs> and uh, not liking being tall called skinny. Right. Being called skinny felt like uh, a negative term being told to me. So Did you feel like that was associated like skinny was associated with weak to you? Yeah. yeah. I think well, I think um, like around that time I would have been the late nineties, so you had like Arnold and you had Special Sloan and John Paul Van Damme and G.I. Joe's and like everything you had Sammy Sosa and mm-hmm. Jack baseball players so like the guys I was kind of like looking at like okay what are, what are men supposed to look like mm-hmm. I'm also coming into like teenage years kind of trying right. to figure this out um, and so many changes yeah and uh, it was kind of being I was like well, I don't want to be skinny I don't want to be big and strong and then for whatever reason it, like I I got into bodybuilding like early. Like I started reading bodybuilding magazines in like seventh grade, uh, and I think I probably just saw like a dude with a ton of muscles. Like, whoa, that's what I want to look like. Did you ever think that you couldn't look like that? Did you ever look at that and go, I can never look like that? Mm, no. In fact, the opposite was I was like, I was like, I'm probably gonna be a pro bodybuilder by the time I'm like 18, <laughs> 21. I think I remember saying that to a couple of people. So. <laughs> you know the um, the but it was physique based I mean like mm-hmm. it was motivation through yeah. f- physique mm-hmm. like I don't want to look like this anymore right um, which is kind of uh, it, it's so interesting uh, the thing I was talking about earlier is, is like how that's that's almost everybody's like kind of motivation yeah. and um, it, it is kind of funny because like in the fitness industry we kind of like Try to push people away from that, or like, you know, you gotta find a deeper why. And I think that all that is true, mm-hmm. but it, but it's something to be said that most everyone who comes into the gym is motivated by. I want to look a certain way. Yeah, I can't recall anybody that I've spoken to in the last, I don't know, fifteen years, that that it wasn't part of what they wanted for themselves. I just want to look better. Yeah, that kind of way I've been going on that this topic lately with my social post is like like is there value in should we be motivated by the way we look is there value in that and like it's a I think it is a bit of a seesaw in the sense that like form follows function a lot of times and like the way we look is a representation of the actions that we have taken right and so uh it's one of the few ways that we can, that people can see the the, the positive actions that we mm-hmm. that we have taken. Now, there's all that's it's also a very slippery slope if you find your self worth in how you look right. in clothes or clothes off or in your bikini or whatever right. it be. That's a, a slippery slope, and I think a lot of people. Um, I would say that, that that's a great initial motivation, right. but eventually, as you kind of immerse yourself into the world of exercise and fitness, it probably needs to be anchored to some other stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, I think you have to find a balance there. Like, what? Okay, I can look good and be and feel good about how I look, but also, you know, am I functioning well? You know, have I gone too far over on one side? You know. I think we probably have a world of, of people who have, and now it's, how do you get back from that? You know, you've been a bodybuilder your whole life, you know? 
do you stay a bodybuilder? Do you finally like take a step back? You know, I don't know. Yeah. And I would also say, I think like, I, I think it, it makes, uh, look, people kind of dip their toe in. They're like, they're like, you may see someone on, on, on Instagram and they see themselves and they kind of like make this comparison and they say like, oh, well, I want to, I want to, I want to be healthy and fit. Or I say, I want to look a certain way. So they kind of dip their toe in. And then they, when they hit a struggle point, then it, it makes it really easy because that's such a, it's such a poor foundation. Mm-hmm. They kind of write it off and go like, well, that's just not for me. I'm not, fo- I'm not, I'm not totally focused on the way I look, I'm, you know, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and, and what they've done is they, they set that foundation for why the exercise is only physique based. Mm-hmm. So then it makes it really easy to be like, that's just not me. I'm not into how I look. I don't care if I got a little, little, um, you know, extra, extra around the, the midsection. Yeah. And then, you know, then it's, it's hard to kind of like then tie that back or pull it back around. It's like, yeah, well, that was a bad foundation. There's a lot of other reasons you should exercise yeah. other than that. Um, so this, how has like your motivation changed over the years? I think that for me, exercise is, is just part of who I am. I don't think that I need motivation. Like uh, it's ingrained in me. It's like into my entire like neurological development anymore and that's what we want people to get to where it's just this automatic response like even going through injuries and things like that it's like i still have to exercise i still have to find a way but let me ask you this are you completely unmotivated and you're just a robot doing the things or like no, I get motivated by challenges. I like small challenges, you know. Um, of course, coming back off injury, everything right now is hard, you know, coming back. But um, <clears throat> so anytime I can, I can find a challenge that motivates me a little bit further and to do a little bit more. But I think my baseline is always there. My baseline of exercise is always there. So I don't, I'll, I don't think that I'll ever deviate from that. Um, but I'll, I will have like seasons of maybe more motivation, like as we get closer to, you know, summer, you know, maybe I, you know, do some different things cause I want to look a certain way through the summer, uh, maybe take the gas off, you know, take the foot off the gas going into winter, you know, things like that. But it's really, I'm never driven really by motivation. Um, I don't think yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm trying to kind of think through the terms a little bit. Cause I think like when, like I would say, I like I. I when we talk about motivation, I, I think a lot, a lot of people struggle with is just the motivation to do, mm-hmm. to just do it at all, right? To eat correctly and, and exercise. And I would say, like, it's um, like at like at this point, I got two decades, two and a half decades of basically following a nutritional program and exercising every day. It, it's, it's not like I really struggle so much to, to take the action. Mm-hmm. Like, there's days where I don't feel like doing it, but the difference is, is it's like, this is how, this is the way I know how to live life. Like, right. I, yeah. like it's not like, like I've meal prepped or like I've, I've had a nutritional approach, like a, a performance and physique-based nutritional approach since seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So It's hard to deviate from that. Right? Like, it's so ingrained. Yeah. And I'm, that's the same thing. Like, I have meal prep. On Sunday, I always know what I'm eating for the rest of the week. Whether I make it, whether I order it, I don't know. On a, like, I always know on Sunday what I'm having on Wednesday. I don't know how to not be that's organized with it like it's just so part so much part of me now that being said you know I'm unmotivated at some some, you know at times like I'm you know I'm not very motivated to do a specific workout you know so I use it in that term but I don't need motivation to drive me into the gym or drive me into the kitchen or help me make um health-based decisions yeah, I would say like like from a motivational standpoint, at at this like where I am now, everything is so habit based that even in times where like motivation may be lacking, 
the fallback is to the habit. It's just like it's just this way I've always done it, and I don't think I, it's, 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 it, I don't have to think too much about it. Um, so like example, like there, there's there, there's plenty of times where I may be like, Ugh, I don't feel like eating that, or I may want something else, but like that's what I have to eat because I already stay. You know, right. like, <laughs> I don't have any other option. This is what we made. This <laughs> yeah. is what our groceries went on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or um, like in training, it just like there are definitely days where I'm like, I don't really want to love this workout that yeah. I'm about to do. I know it's gonna suck, but like. But I'm, I'm in the habit so much of just like at this time I go work out. Like yeah. it's yeah, it's just like I just go and, and work out. I would say like from a just like base level motivation to do any of it. It's not like every day I wake up and just like I'm so excited to eat right and train today. But it's so ingrained in who I am that I just literally I don't have a I don't have a whole lot of that friction point because that I have to work through. Like motivation is not really something that I have to consider because it's it's just who I am at this point and the habits sustain me going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's, you do it so often over time. It just is your ethos, you know, and that's what we always want to help other people create is that ethos. Um, and you mentioned friction, and that's actually a real thing. We always talk about friction, but it is neurological friction. Uh, so I was thinking about this, and like, um, you know, we love Huberman Lab podcasts. And I was he had a, he did a podcast last year on habit formation, and I thought it was phenomenal. He is such a great, um, great podcast. But he talks about something that he coined lim- limbic friction. Do you, do you recall listening yeah. to that one? Yeah, and so limbic, um, that's the part of the brain that is involved in behavioral, behavioral and emotional responses, yeah. right? So that's the part that's going to drive us. And we're either going to... We're either going to work hard against that friction or we're going to kind of cave into it. So we're somewhat wired to get unmotivated before we even get motivated because of this limbic friction that exists in us. So it's like that being two parts. One of them is um, you lack motivation. The other part is um, you lack the focus. And so like those two combined, then... You know, if you, you can try to find motivation, but if you get unfocused, then that's going to throw you off. That's that limbic friction being too much for you to really overcome. And so I think, like, f- motivation is great, but it's not standalone. Yeah, so I think, like, when I think about, like, ourselves when it comes to motivation and kind of comparing that to people who just maybe start out from a show, it's like, well... We've established the habits that, that, that allow us to continue the path a little bit easier. Um, and, but what we then do is what kind of helps continue us down that path, I would say is like continuing to set goals. Mm-hmm. And, and so like part of the habit is the daily habit of you know, I do these tasks of mm-hmm. meal prepping or going to the gym, waking up, and so on and so forth. And there is also the habit of of goal setting, goal planning, goal accomplishment, mm-hmm. and, and getting in that continued rhythm. Right. Because um, I would say that, like, <clears throat> over the years, like, having, having, experience different training methodologies like one thing that's kept me motivated to keep going forward is like I like to get better at things right and um, I, I've, I've had enough opportunities to like set a goal take the actions hit that goal that felt good now I want to keep going and so then that's also a bit of a habit or ritual or like um, momentous kind of has a momentum based effect where it's just like I I, I always literally since day one and going forward have goals right I, like the um they're ne- I, I, i've yet to just kind of like go my goal yeah, yeah yeah um and so i do think that that's helpful is to to because i think 
when you're talking about motivation, like you need to have some type of clear picture as to like what is it you're trying to accomplish and be able to see the in the impact of the actions that you've taken. Well, you have to visualize it. I mean, you you have to start visual the visualization and the point of like just going and getting into your car. Yeah. You know, like starting it there. Yeah. And because now, like our neurons fire, and they're firing for us to do the things that we've always, you know, done. The same as a person who hasn't had that wiring switch. Yeah. Their neurons are firing to like resist that the increase in the friction points um, that we talked about are great. So there has to be like this. They have to climb these small hills before yeah. they can get to the mountains. And I think that's yeah, like. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the takeaway. Is like if you're struggling with motivation, you need to set a hill that's that's big enough that it takes a, some effort, and you can feel good about climbing up a bit. But small enough that like you're ninety nine percent sure you're gonna be able to take it on, and like set those small small wins. And what you're doing is you're creating this psychological piece to it. And, it, and like, it's all science, you know, based. It's like, we're not going to just all of a sudden get out there and be really excited and motivated to start training for a marathon. I mean, that's just not going to happen. There's very few people that are wired that way. Very few. And the ones that are already, like, immersed fully into training. Or, or what I want to, the flip side is, I was like, I see plenty of people who are, like, super motivated to in one instance to run a marathon. Right, right, right. Yeah. Do a little bit of training for it and then... And then we're done. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) So the next big, you know, crazy challenge. Uh, But I think, like, you know, visualizing your your movements forward, your forward momentum. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to visualize myself getting into the car, going to the gym, actually walking into the gym. Like those are little things that add up. So eventually you don't have to visualize that piece of it. It becomes neurologically, you know, um, ingrained in you. And then you, you've just got to, like you said, continue to create that momentum, that forward momentum, but it doesn't get there overnight. It takes time. And again, you're fighting against two areas of friction, you know, that I don't feel like it. I'm lazy today. I'm tired. I'm not motivated. You're fighting that piece of it and you're fighting the, um, the distracted piece. Oh, I've got to stay at work late. You know, I'm not, you know, you've got those two things that people have to really understand. Like, you, know, you have to have some help to get through that stuff. Yeah. So you could almost think of it like it's um, if, if someone said, hey, I have this, I, have this, I want to be fit or I want to lose 20 pounds, like, like it's a pretty like large task. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, like, well, let's sit, I'll take it down to, like, like a, a, a true example. So we're going to say we've got a 45-year-old female who's never exercised in the past, mm-hmm. has no training history. She is about 50 pounds overweight. She would like to lose all those 50 pounds and, and be healthy and fit. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, what is it going to take for me to lose th- this, this weight and, and – um, be healthy and fit and have kind of the body and the physique and the performance that I'm, I'm looking for. And then we might say, uh, well, you know, you can probably lose it 50 pounds in the next year. Right. You would need to train four to five days a week um, and you need to follow a nutritional protocol that you were, um, and you need to be able to follow that about 90%. Now we get the 50 pounds off. Then it's going to take another four years after that to really kind of develop the fitness level necessary to to um, um, to kind of be at a, at a, at a where you can truly say like I'm 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 fit. I've got yeah. all these performance abilities now. Um, so that's what it would take. Mm-hmm. Basically, five more years of four or five days of training. And so that's like that's a that's an elephant, right? Yeah, I mean, that's huge. way too much. It's so much time. So we can't set that as like. Like, even as motivated as you might be right now, I'm going to stick to it. Like, we know that you're going to hit friction points along this way and that it's likely that those will knock you off. So then, like, we we literally need to just keep breaking that down, breaking that down, breaking that down into the smallest possible step that we know that we can win. And so that, that step that we know we could win could be something as simple as, like, one day a week, you're going to come to the gym and you're going to train for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
this week, all I want you to focus on is getting up as soon as your alarm goes off. Getting into the car. Yeah. And then we would set tasks, habits, things in place to help that person better achieve that task. Mm-hmm. And I think I think sometimes people think that's like that's like, oh well, that's so silly, like you have to take it down to that small level. Yes. And, and and I would say like yes, and the reason why is because statistically speaking the vast majority of people, and if we looked at this person's previous history, we do not see any evidence of continued continued action, continued forward progress when presented with a friction point. Mm-hmm. The only thing we see is a fallback to old habits. Right. And so if we understand that that's like, that's your history, that's the only thing you've ever known, when you look out at the landscape of Americans, that is the thing that almost everyone's going to do. It would be foolish for us to think that like that's probably not what's going to happen for us as well. So we've got to instead, kind of like entrench warfare, take two steps, build a new trench, a new fallback point. So it's like, can we instead of trying to trying to take all these things on at once, where um, there's so many new changes we can sit there and say what's the one thing we can ensure that's going to help you get out of bed in the morning okay here's what it is you're going to set your phone phone alarm and you're going to put it um, in the other room yeah. on top of your clothes I was about to say on top of your clothes or with your clothes to get changed yeah. for the gym and so every time you get up you're going to you're going to your alarm's going to go off you can't just roll over in bed and hit it and turn it off. You have to physically get out of bed, go into another room, and you have to sit there. Yeah, because you're grasping and you're grappling against those points of friction that you've had for 30 years. Yeah. You know, if she's a 45-year-old, she hasn't done anything for 30 years. Um, that's a lot of time to fight against. But, but once, if we give that, like, two to three weeks of, like, okay, now you've done this, that's a new trench line that's a new fallback point and now we don't have to overcome we don't need to be motivated to get up in the morning anymore it's now just cut part of our routines and habits and it's like well what's the next thing that we can do to implement well maybe let's implement a nutritional strategy maybe it's just have a protein shake before you wake up in the day and then now your protein shake gets added onto your clothes pile yeah and so now you've got another step and I think that's what people sometimes when they kind of look at where they are and where they want to go and they see this this giant mountain and that's the part where it's like well I'm not motivated to do that and so you know we like of course not no, no. <laughs> we've got to focus on step one yeah yeah, yeah I think it, it, it's <coughs> exactly like the hill or the mountain that people do see it's just so big and they've They've been um, motivated before, mm-hmm. and they've not fallen. They've not, you know, they fall through. Yeah. You know, they don't pursue. And so um, that makes it even harder because then they reflect on that failure that they've had. They've never really had the success. And so if we can be successful at getting up at the same time, one day a week, and you're doing the one thing, then what I think happens is it becomes a behavior that's self-correcting because then if they miss the gym, oh, I I don't feel as good. Like, it's a behavior that now has a negative impact when you don't follow through with it. And so before, maybe they didn't know. You know, they didn't know that there was this negative negative impact that was going to happen if they didn't go to the gym. And now you've, you know, they've recognized, oh, I feel better when I do this. I don't do it. I don't feel as good. Yeah. I, yeah, I think like like um, we were talking about kind of like finding a why or establishing a why, and I think that's it takes some time in this to see the impacts and feel the impacts, and so um, the, the key is like how do we how do we get to that through those initial friction points so that we have a clear picture of of the consequences of either action. So it'd be like when people, like if we're talking about our own kind of motivation and why, it's just like, I would say, here, here's the deals. I feel 
terrible mm -hmm. when I don't exercise. Yeah. I've been exercising for long enough now um, that this is all I know. And so feeling bad, like uh, when I don't exercise and I feel bad, I'm, I'm very aware of it. Um, when I don't exercise, I have less energy. When I have less energy, I play with my kids less or I snap on them a little bit more. Um, my brain doesn't function as well. Right. I tr don't get to communicate clearly to my team when my brain doesn't fun function correctly. I need to have a lot of energy to, and, and um, or I would say, and, and I need to have a positive mindset as a leader of a, of a group of people, not only my, my, um, my, my, my co-workers at MBS, but I have to leave my family. And so I need, I, I have to put a buffer uh, in there to prevent myself from falling off the ledge, potentially mentally, emotionally. I can't afford to get depressed. Um, and so like having done this for two and a half decades, I immediately feel the negative impacts mm -hmm. of not exercising. Oh, for sure. And so when I feel like, well, what's your why? It's like the life I want to live, it requires me to exercise. It is who I am, it is my ethos to do anything otherwise would go against every piece of DNA in my in my body. Yeah. But it's taken me a long time to kind of build up to that. And so what you're saying is like for that person, that pain like so for 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 us kind of where we're at, it's like the pain point comes when I don't exercise. The pain point comes like, oh my gosh, I feel like crap today. Or, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting sick. Or um, my brain's in a daggone fog today because I ate like crap this weekend and, and I'm, I'm not able to c communicate. Like the pain point's very obvious mm -hmm. from not exercising. But for that person, that pain point is the, the change of starting to exercise. The actual exercise, yeah. So if we can fight, if we can fight to establish the habits to help that they, I do have a little bit of tiny motivation and I, but but it's so small the only thing I can I can use it to do is get out of the bed in the morning but if we can keep kind of taking those steps yep. eventually it's a it's a self-correcting exercise yep. or a self-correcting kind of situation you t you take a day off and you feel bad right you eat bad and you realize like the negative impacts and so then it just kind of like builds yeah i think there's a friction either way i mean and I always attribute it to like, okay, most people who do not have any type of fitness background, sometimes they, and they've never done anything, right? They exist in that space. They don't really know another space. Yeah. They're uncomfortable. They're not happy with themselves. Uh, so they decide to make this change. So now we are introducing a new uh, discomfort. Yeah. And it's very hard to get past that new discomfort um, and do it long enough that they can reap the benefits of actually feeling better. So I call that the, the other friction point, you know, until you can get over that bridge yeah. and then you can start to like, okay, this makes sense. Because you have to get far enough away from the discomfort that you're most familiar with. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with fitness discomfort. I don't like discomfort of not working out. Yeah. I had to like not do anything for several weeks after surgery recently. I went a little bananas. Like yeah. I was like, I got to do something. Yeah. I can't not do anything. <coughs> so it was like first two week checkup with my surgeon and I'm, and I'm like, okay, here's my list. What can I do? And he's <laughs> like, literally nothing, nothing. You've got to let your body heal. So I don't, I don't like not being able to move my body, but some people just have never experienced yeah. the positive effects of that on their, on the bodies. And so, um, and that's, that's, if we can get them out and I always say people get in their own way. If we can help get them out of their way, yeah. help them manage that limbic friction, you know, that they're hitting up against to get to that point of feeling better, yeah. doing a little bit more, but it takes time. It takes yeah. a lot of time. So it's just basically you're trying to kind of leverage these little small wins each day to kind of like finally build the habits. So let's talk about based on like true like tips on how to kind of like leverage those daily wins. Like maybe some things um, that you've seen work in, in, in your life and or your clients' lives. 
And it, like I was just thinking of one, which is kind of a small one, but um, like my, uh, I always put my training in my calendar. Mm -hmm. So it's always in my calendar. Um, I'm not gonna say that I never move it, mm -hmm. but it would have to be a real big thing for me to move it. And then when I move it, it, it still just takes up another spot in my right. in my calendar. It's yeah. not like I go, I delete it. It just goes from 12 o'clock to 1.30 if it has right. to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's in my calendar where I can see it. Um, no, one can, no one can, um, can, can put an appointment on top of it. Right. Yeah, it's set apart. That's the way mine is. It's yeah. set apart. I recently started coaching noon classes on Monday again, and I realized I don't have that set apart now, my <coughs> training time. So I was like, <coughs> I've got to reset my calendar on Monday yeah. because I was working out at noon. Now I'm coaching noon, so I need to get that in at 11. Yeah. So if I don't put it in there, it doesn't it doesn't happen. I'm not any different, yeah. you know. It's not for lack of um, desire. It's often just the day gets past me and yeah. I'm like, what? I didn't even work out today. What yeah. happened? And so like it's definitely scheduling it. Yeah. I think this, like having it in your calendar is obviously, um, you, but by doing that, you're saying this is important to me and I'm setting time aside to get it done. And then if, if, if you were struggling with that, um, and one thing I've done as well is if there's, um, if there's a certain goal that I want to work at. So for example, one of my things was like flexibility. It's like, I hated doing flexibility work. I'd always put it off. And so what I did was I basically hired a coach and said every week at this time, I want to, you did to, to make me do flexibility work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, it's not like, like yeah, there was a lot of learning in it. It was, uh, it was some new skills I didn't know, but really it was accountability. Yeah. I did the same thing, like, I guess it was last year. So I did all this physical therapy. I had to stop working out, did physical therapy. Then I was able to add some workouts back in, but they were very mild workouts. And I remember scheduling one day a week personal training with Mitch. Yep. I was like, okay, I don't just write the program, make it hypertrophy, offloading my spine because of my back issue. And I just want to show up. Yep. And that's what I did. So, And what would you tell to someone who's like, I mean – let me go through the the typical uh, objections to that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I know what to do. Well, again, knowing what to do hasn't gotten you here yet. I mean, you're, you may know it. I don't know many people that don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know what to eat. I mean, most people will say, well, I know what to eat, but you're not eating it. Yeah. So yeah, having the accountability is huge. I mean, I know what to do, yeah. but I still show up in a class. So a coach tells me what to do and I will still hire a trainer to tell yeah. me what to do because on my own, I can get into that lack of motivation piece um, because I'll, or I'll get busy. So again, it's that goes back to limbic friction. Yeah. And so, um, so for, for clients who struggle with that and you get the objection of like, you know what to do, but you haven't done it, let us help you do it. Yeah. Let us help you gain some success in that area. Um, and, you know, like, why haven't you done it? You know, if you know what to do, why haven't you done it? Yeah. You know, maybe that's just the question that gets put back. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think that you could, I think, at some point, you just said, like, failure would be unacceptable to me. Mm -hmm. Like, ultimately, I had to make a decision of, like, who do I want to be and what do I want the outcomes to be of my life? And uh, failure, failure, failing to be physically fit, failing to reach these goals, like, that's, uh, that would be unacceptable to me. Yeah, so, it's, it's unacceptable to me, uh, and it's also unfair to my family. Yeah. Like, it's unfair to my husband if I don't take care of myself. Yeah. You know, that's our agreement when we got married yeah. is to take care of ourselves. And so, like, if I don't, and because of my lack of care of my own body, my own self, mental health, all of it, it falls to him. Like, that's not fair to him. Yeah. You know, it's in the same as, you know, if he's not taking care of his health. Now, there's other things that happen. I mean, our bodies are going to you know, eventually break down and we're going to take care of our spouses. I mean, no matter what. But, um if they're not helping take care of themselves, I got, you know, a little, <laughs> a little less love in the tank yeah. for you, buddy. So, 
And that's not being selfish. I no. think you're being selfish if you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, not just for yourself, but for your spouse. Yeah. And I, just, I think, like, it, Jocko Willink has um, the book Extreme Ownership. And so, like, it, I mean, I think that, like, I'm kind of thinking through it. And, like, if someone's like, well, I know what to do. I was like, is failure an acceptable outcome in your life for this type of thing? Because what you're, you're basically telling me that it is. Like, the, like, I know what to do. Cool. You're not doing it. You're right. failing. Is that acceptable? Yeah. I can't, uh, well, if you're like, well, it's expensive. Okay. Is failure acceptable in your life in this area? Because mm-hmm. right now you are failing. Right. Um, I don't have the times. Like, okay. Or, you know, I'm busy. All right, cool. Like, you're failing on this. Is that okay for you? Because ultimately you, you can say like, because um, the, the ultimate truth statement would be like, no, failing is acceptable because that that is the truth. Because right now you are failing. Yeah. If it's unacceptable, then we need to do the things to put in place. And I think that's like the way to say or tell that to ourselves, even as trainers. It's like, this is unacceptable for me to fail. If I'm not currently going and training, then what I need to do is pay someone to hold me accountable. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I know what to do. I'm not doing it. Right. You know, it it doesn't matter if it's expensive. I need to invest in the things that are important to me. I, I, it doesn't matter if I'm busy. I need to define time and invest my resources into doing the things that are important to me in life. Yeah. Um, and so that's, instead of putting that, by, t- by taking ownership of it, as you're saying like, no, this is a solution that I must solve and what's the, what's what do I need to do to solve that versus putting the, uh, Versus failing to take ownership or to failing to take responsibility for the solution yeah. by by saying, I, "Well, I, I know what to well, I know what to do," or "I'm too busy," or "That's it's expensive." It's like you're putting the responsibility of success or failure on something an external thing, which right. is um, a cowardly way of <laughs> approaching <laughs> life. Uh, what are some other? Um, so we've got like obviously we put like hey, it's a defined time. Mm-hmm. Um, I said hire a coach, but I think that that does a couple of things. One, it helps with accountability. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like as coaches, as trainers, as being in this industry, that doesn't mean that we're above all of these other, you know, issues. It means that we've created a longer, um, a longer life of this ethos, but it doesn't mean that we don't get um, sidetracked by life, you know, ourselves. So I, I think we're just... Uh, we know that, and so we we implement these uh, safety nets for yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So, like, but I don't think we're any different than anybody else. No, we we we, we still have this. We're still having to manage resources of time, money, energy, all that kind of stuff, yeah. and balance it into like the rest of our lives. Well, and we struggle with that limbic friction just the same. Yeah. You know, like you know, especially with getting distracted. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's easy if you don't have it in your calendar. You know, I, and I'm not coaching a class. If I don't have it in my calendar, I'm likely going to be distracted. And yeah. then, like, at the end of the day, be like, oh, crap. Yeah. Here we are. And I got to, you know, hustle and do something. And so I, I don't think we're exempt from any of those issues whatsoever. I would say we're probably I, – I, I would say this. Like, um, earlier in my career, I was l- – I, I think being a, a coach made it even harder because I almost – was blind to it Mm -hmm. like i was uh because i was in it all day every day yeah i i just like there wasn't that that is uh, this isn't new to me so there isn't like this super motivation there you know um i was at the gym all the time so it was easy to be like well we're going whenever yeah um it, it honestly took like being in it longer to then like now see how important it is to utilize the the steps that we suggest to other people right in our own lives well and i know when i owned wolf river like i'm at the gym all day long yep. all day you would think that you could have time to go and work out no i'm at work <laughs> i'm working yeah. like this is not at the gym this is at work yeah you know that was the hardest period of time probably for me personally like was actually finding time between trying to run a business yep. and manage classes and people and coach and do all these things to like work on my own fitness because yep. a by the time you get there you're so tired which yeah. goes right back to that friction point right. of fatigue you it, know. it's just like it's like why, why how do we solve that well 
I probably need to to find some time. Yeah, I need, need to, to like have hire, a coach. Have a coach. <laughs> yeah. I need to. The coach helps me accountable, but then also investing in it says I give a shit. <laughs> you know, right. like yeah. buys like hey, it is expensive, and I'll pay you for yeah. it. Yeah, I give a shit. That's why, expe- that's why I'm that's why I'm paying something that's I'm paying this higher mm-hmm. price point because it's important to me and like. And I need help. And I need help. Yeah. Yeah, I need help. What about um, what are some other? I, I think of the like I was thinking. Um, I'm trying to think of other like true tips and a piece of advice that I could give to people. And to a degree, it becomes a little bit of an individual piece of like, where's your current struggle point? Is it getting out of the bed? Well, move the, move the, uh, the phone or the move your alarm out of the room. Is it uh, eating the correct food? Cool. Just buy your food Mm pre-made. Take all this stuff in your, in your house that you don't want to eat and throw it away. And then just buy food from eat amped. So then when you open your refrigerator, it's not like, well, do I want to eat this or that? It's like, this is what I this have to eat. This is what you have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, I think knowing um, clients' struggles or what their hurdles are going to be or what stopped you from doing this in the past, what's gotten in your way. Yeah. Is it work? Is it kids? You know, like I like to know those things on the front end and then help them navigate them as they yeah. come up because they 100% will come up. Yeah. It's going to be kids. You're going to go to class. Then you're going to come to class before the kids, before they even have to get up. You and your spouse are going to tag team the kids in the morning. And that way you're done for the day. You're ready to go. And again, then we hit another friction point. Well, I don't usually get up this early. Okay. Well, we're going to do it twice a week. And we're going to see if we can manage that. Just said small steps. Like people want to take giant leaps and just, you set yourself up for failure Instead of success, when you just take a big giant leap, yeah, got to be small baby steps. Yeah, I think you're right. Like so much of it is um, individual. Although a lot of individuals have their own unique, uh, or sorry, a lot of individuals have their own like non-unique struggles mm. that we all have. Yeah, waking are, up early yeah. is a struggle that it's most generalized yeah. across the board. Yeah, um, but the but the biggest thing is like what what, what having a guide helps you with. I guess I think gets you out of that mindset of the like, no, here's this, here's this wall. And I just can't get over the wall. Yeah. It's someone they're like, no, we can get over that wall. Here's, here's how we're going to get over that yeah. wall. And I'm going to walk with you yeah. over that wall. Let's go. Yeah. And that gets you again into that momentum and builds a habit of like realizing that all problems have solutions. Every mm-hmm. struggle point is just a solution away from, from being, being figured out. Yeah. And, and so then, like you get good at overcoming walls. Yeah, so it's you like, learn to build your own, you know, toolbox of doing it. Yeah, you know? like I'm gonna be start traveling a little bit more. Cool, no big deal. Like I've, I've, I'll figure it out. Like I'll figure out a way to train and I'll figure out a way to eat right while I'm traveling because this is what I do and I've solved problems in the past. Yeah, I got a schedule change. I can't, I can't train twelve. I got to get up in the morning. Cool, no big deal. I've, I've, this is who I am. This is what I do. I've, I've overcome these struggles in the past it's building that momentum of overcoming those hurdles and overcoming those those struggles and kind of so that it's you're not just constantly relying on my momentum's high today my momentum's momentum's low today and that's an emotion yeah you know that becomes basically an emotion and we have to get away from that from it being always an emotional response um and i think celebrating those little wins i don't think people feel good about celebrating themselves yeah you know, because I think we're so far removed from it. You know, we were slight, likely most people celebrated as a child, but when was the last time you were really celebrated or, you know, as an adult? It was the last time someone gave you a high five. Yeah, or pat on the back, and you yeah. did such an awesome job, yeah. you know, and truly meant it. Yeah. It doesn't come very often, yeah. you know. But those big hurdles <coughs> that people cross over, like, I get it, yeah. you know. Like, that was huge, you know. And I'm, when I say I'm proud of you, I mean, I mean I'm proud yeah. of you for doing that. I've had clients tell me, you know, oh, if if I didn't, if I wasn't meeting you at the gym today, I wasn't coming. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't want to stand you up because I didn't want you to jump on my case. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, that was a wise decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's and that's why we're here. Yeah. And that's why you're my one of my best clients. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you recognize that in yourself, and that's important. Yeah, I think like this, the 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 whole theme is like motivation is going to come and go it's you have to set yourself up to you have to set yourself up where the pain point of not doing what you want to be doing is greater than the pain point of i don't know if i said that right you have to set yourself where the pain point of doing the right thing 
yeah is less than the pain point of doing the wrong thing. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It like, makes sense to me. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> yeah, knows what I was trying to say. We that. know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so we set up those pain points by like being like, crap, like my, my alarm goes off in the other room. I'm going to have to sit here for 30 minutes mm-hmm. listening to an alarm. I'm not going to get any sleep. So oh, screw it. I'll go ahead and get I'm up. I'm up anyway now. Or we'll go. <sighs> I'm going to have to let someone down and not show up to train today. So I might as well go to train. Yeah. You know, like those are, you set up those pain points yeah. so that your emotion in that instant is, is triggered to go in the right direction. And that's really just overcoming that friction. Yeah. It's just overcoming it little by little because really, you know, it becomes this mental component that you have to be stronger and you have to, you have to get to the point where you can be, become stronger than that, than those pieces of friction, yeah. than the, that fatigue that you know always wants to overcome you you then overcome it and those are real things and they're neurologically driven yeah and so um and, and you know they're they're not automatic but they can become automatic yeah it just takes a little a lot of time it can take there's no real um i was thinking about this too like how long does it take it to create a habit um there's no real answer to that it could take i think the statistics are like it could take i think it's from uh three weeks to 280 days or something like that like generally speaking so there's not like if i go to the gym for the next you know three days a week for the next three weeks that's locked in likely that may not be the case Uh, but that doesn't mean like they're People are like that in all facets. Like if you're struggling in one area, that doesn't mean they struggle in all the other yeah. areas. It's just like there's, you know, I think exercise tends to be the most that obviously we see because we, we're in this yeah. business. But in generally speaking, if you look at our population of people, they struggle with that, yeah. you know, friction the most yeah. above other things. And so, but it can be overcome. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Gradually. Yeah. You know. What would you say, uh, or what's your general thoughts on like New Year's resolutions or New Year's goals? I actually really like New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals. I think it's a great jumping off point, um, and there's nothing wrong with them, but the problem is there's often no follow through, Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like motivation will get you in the gym, but it won't keep you in the gym. It's the same thing, like, oh, I'm motivated to make this list of things I want to make sure I accomplish in the new year. It's a list, but we have to have some action behind that list. And I think, so I, I actually really love the new year and all of those things. And I'll likely make a few, Yeah, you know, I'll think through it. Um, uh, but I think people get afraid to make them because they already know they're going to fail at them. Yeah, And so, I, and I, that, that hurts my heart, yeah. honestly, for people to like fail before they even get started. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's. I was like, whatever, whatever your reason for doing good things, I don't, I don't care what it is. I don't yeah. care if it's the new year yeah. or it's in the middle of July. Like, yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah, if you're like, hey, I, I want to start exercising, cool. I would just say, like, building off of what we did up to this point, like, set yourself up to succeed right. by following the steps that we've kind of laid out versus just yeah. kind of arbitrarily saying, like, well, I want to lose 30 pounds and, like, having no pl- real plan of action to ensure that happens. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the gyms will be, be filled with people who have the motivation to get up and do it and that it'll wane over just a few weeks. And yeah. that's terribly sad to me, you know, that should be an indication of like, okay, like what's our kind of as humans, what is kind of our base instinct when it comes to these types of things? So you're like, you should be aware of that ahead of time and go ahead and, you know, address it. Yeah. I don't, th- you know, and some people, I don't think know how to address <coughs> it. I mean, I think we get into this space of people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. You know, yep. Maybe they're just, you know, destined to be in a, in a gym or they feel like they are. And it's like trying to go there and get on the elliptical just yeah, like yeah. I did for so long. And it's successful until you're not, yeah. you know, and then, you know, for most people, they fall back into their bad habits. Oh, it's cold outside. I'm not getting up. Yep. You know, off goes the alarm. You know, and then that repeats the cycle year after year. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about your why. I have a framework for this uh, that 
that I've been thinking about for the new years, but like when, when, how would you guide someone? Like, how do you like think about it yourself when it comes to like having a why to train? Well, for me, the broad strokes are we have grandkids and we have our grandkids are 15 years apart. That's a pretty big span of time. You know, 15 years ago, uh, yeah, because Jackson's 15. I was uh, 38 when he was born. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of energy, plenty of, you know, I was getting into CrossFit shortly after he was born. And now this last one, <coughs> 15 years later, I'm 53. You know, things are, I, I want to feel as fit and be as fit for this new baby or even new babies that come in our future. I don't ever want to be the sideline parent or grandparent. Yeah, yeah. I never wanted that. And that's really the broad strokes. Yeah. But that has to be, for me, a daily decision. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it'll be really cool to be able to play with my grandkids for forever. That's a cool thought, but it has to be backed up with action. Yeah. And so that's what motivates me, for lack of a better term right now, um, to do every day what I do. Do you think about that? Like if you if you're struggling with something, does that pop into your mind? Or do you have a way of like reminding yourself like, hey, yeah, this is why you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, with Penelope, who's almost two and a half, it started to really get me down that my back pain was so intense that I could not play with her in the way that. I felt appropriate, like even yeah. taking her for a walk. And that I was like, I'm done with this because this is not who I am and this is not who I want to be for her. And so that's why what motivated me to go ahead and have the back surgery because I needed to get this out of the way. Let me rehabilitate so I can be back where I want to be with my grandkids. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's a daily thought and it's, it's huge. It's a big decision. You know, like I'm making the decision to always be in the gym because that's my big why. Yeah. I don't want them to be, um, to have these, you know, old grandparents, even if I am old, you know, you don't have to act old. Yeah. You know? Eventually when I get there, which will never be right. I'm not going to be old, but I want them to always have this recollection of their grandparents playing with them. Mm-hmm. I don't have that recollection. Yeah. Steve doesn't have that. Like our grandparents didn't really do anything. Yeah with us i mean we just kind of played on our own and they were they existed i want mine to recall the fun that they had the trip that they took skiing with us you know uh, all those things and that we didn't sit in the you know inside waiting on them to get off the ski slopes that we were on the slopes with them like i want to build those memories and so that's that's daily it's always in the back of my mind yeah so i I was um thinking about this framework as kind of um, uh, this is like influencing what our like 2023 theme will be, but mm-hmm. um, it's kind of the idea. Well, I called it like having an investor's mindset versus a consumer's mindset, mm-hmm. and so um, like an investor's responsibility is to steward the resources they've been given properly to grow, uh, maintain, grow those resources for the better good, and then. Um, and we said like, well, what are resources? It would be, um, time, money, um, energy, mm-hmm. and then, um, uh, or t- time, money, uh, like mental, mental health, mm-hmm. uh, energy. Um, and then like the way to consider. So, so we, when we look at that, we go, okay, like as a consumer, we would just say, well, what's the, to today's. Um, exchange of value like this exchange of energy this exchange of time gets me what right but as an investor what we need to consider is not just today but the the long-term effects of Mm -hmm. this and then not only just the what i call first order effects how does this affect me but then the second order effects how does this affect other people the people closest to me and the third order effects how does the effect on them affect people outside of them right and so, like, and the reason I kind of laid that out there is because we talked about, like, the pain point of today, like, for, for, for the re- for reality is for most of us, the f- future pain points are very abstract. They're not very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, 
it's hard to really kind of make decisions today that are best for the future because that future is a very abstract, unclear future. And so what we'll do is make decisions today that we, we know essentially like probably aren't good, yeah. but they, they um, aren't good for the future us, but they address the pain or pleasure point for today us. Mm-hmm. And we just see that play. I was like, well, why are most people, um, why is such a large percent of their population overweight, does not exercise regularly and does not eat right. Like we know that that's not good for long-term you, right. but today you, the, it, it, it feels better, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with like indebtedness. Like why do people continue to spend more money than they, than they are have coming in? Well, because today's pain point is less clear about like right. the, the future debt and how that's going to impact me. That's not that clear, but today I know I want this thing. Yeah. And you, so you've heard the you've heard the phrase like oh, I'll worry about that later. Yeah, yeah. I'll worry about I'll that worry later. About, right. Yeah. Until it's too late, and now you have to worry about it, and yeah. it's too late to do anything about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but like I think helping people kind of say, okay, when it comes to exercise, what are the first order effects of this on you today and on you twenty years in the future? So let's kind of play that out. Like by exercising today. Um, I'm going to have more energy. I'm going to feel a little bit better by myself. And then what's that look like 20 years in the future? Write it down, make it clear, Mm -hmm. write down what, what 20, uh, 20, Angie plus 20 (laughs) is, uh, uh, will, will look like and feel like what would their life be like from doing that? Yeah. Now do that for second order effects. What is you exercising today? What's that impact on your family? What's the impact on your friends, your coworkers, all that? What's that impact look like 20 years from today? Mm-hmm. By you living the example for your kids, um, what, what does that look like for them? By you now having a little bit more energy and a little less, uh, uh, being a little bit more active with them, um, how does that play out 20 years in their lives? Okay, now let's take third over effects. And if we kind of lay that out, now we can get a little bit stronger. Why? And so what you like, what you're saying is um, now when we face a, a, a today's friction point, we can weigh that out against a future friction point mm-hmm. or uh, you know, uh, that, 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 um, that future pain point. So it could be something like um, my schedule is just really busy right now and I'm running my kids all over the place. I just need to, need to um to take some time off okay what's the pain point in the future well i i have less energy for my kids and ultimately i spend my time driving them around instead of interacting with them because by the end of the day i'm too too exhausted yeah so make that decision right here are you willing to today all right, you want to sacrifice the future with, with your kids? Or if my knee hurts, I think I need to t- t- take some time off from training. Well, you came here because you know, you're 65 years old. You came here because um, you wanted to, to be able to, to play with your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to sacrifice that? Are you willing to sacrifice the future where you get to pick your grandkids up because you have a little bit of knee, knee pain today? Mm-hmm. I think if we can take that future pain point, make it truly clear, mm-hmm. and then hold that up against today's pain point, that's going to help us make a better decision. You know what? I'll find the time to work out. You know what? I'll find the freaking way to pay for it. You know yeah. what? I'll find a way to, 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 hold my, to, to make myself stay accountable and make this happen because mm-hmm. I know that in 20 years from now, I'm going to be happy about that decision. I know today it's going to be hard because like I got some... I got some financial pain. I got some some scheduling pain. Or I got some physical pain, and like I'm kind of. It would be easy for me to just say, "Eh, yeah, make that pain go away." But by making that pain go away, you elevate this future yeah. pain. You're just yeah, transferring so, it. Yeah, and and increasing it. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying like, "I'm gonna drop this pain away," to say like, "All right, I'm gonna lean into this pain. I'm gonna find a solution to it. I'm gonna find a way to." Continue to train even though I have this injury. I'm going to find a way to figure out a way to pay for this because it's that important to me. I'm going to find a way to put this into my schedule because it's important to me to do that today because in 10 years, 5 years, da-da-da-da, this is what the ROI on that is ultimately going to be. 
Yeah, and you know, you can kind of see that from their history too. So we're already 10 years into their their future self where yeah. they made this promise 10 years ago that they were going to, you know, do XYZ and take care, better care of themselves and they haven't done it, yeah. you know. So that 10 years goes by really quickly. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do these next 10 years? I mean, you get to make you get to make that change now. So you don't in the next 10 years, you're looking back now over 20 years yeah. and you're your middle, you know, middle middle of your life. Now it's harder. Yeah. It's harder. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. You know, it just does. Yep. And so like, it's a reality. It is. You got to start now. You know, um, no matter what your age is, you just have to start now. Yeah. Don't keep waiting. Um, Don't wait till you're motivated. <laughs> motivation is fleeting. Yes, you know? yeah. All right. Love it, Angie. Thanks for coming on the podcast. All right. Take care. Adios. So there you have it. Motivation is a fleeting emotion. It is something that we all struggle with, whether we've been doing this for one day or for multiple decades. Um, we're all going to, from time to time, lose a little bit of uh, our motivation. And so what's important is that we have a very clear understanding and picture of what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish, and why we're trying to accomplish it, and then set things up in place that allows us to address those potential friction points that might throw us off track. And that is what we do as coaches, as a facility. Our job is to help people overcome those friction points. So if you're someone who is lacking motivation and needs help, please reach out. You can go to our website it is nbsfitness.net. That is nobsfitness.net. Click the button on the front. It says schedule your free no sweat intro. It's an opportunity for you to get to come in get to know us. We get to learn a little bit about your struggles, your goals, and come up with a plan to help you attack them. We'd love to talk to you. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.